This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. 92 points with four games still to play. Liverpool continue to plough on with another three points picked up at Brighton. Mohamed Salah with a brace and Jordan Henderson on the score sheet too as the Reds beat Brighton and Hove Albion 3-1 at the Amex. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along to the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel as we react to the Reds' latest win. A win which included Nico Williams being given his first Premier League start and Navi Keita once more playing from the start for the Reds. More on him to come shortly. Coming up though, we'll be hearing from Jurgen Klopp's post-match press conference. We'll get reaction from our regular contributors too, as well as delving into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Let's get down to Sussex though and hear from the Echo's chief LFC writer, Ian Doyle. Well, Liverpool have moved within three wins of creating a top-flight record of breaking through the 100-point barrier after the under-3-1 win here at Brighton. Uh, it couldn't have got off to an even be- a better start for Liverpool, to be honest. They scored twice inside the opening eight minutes. The first goal owed everything to Naby Keita, who on the night was was excellent. It was he who pressed Davy Proper into a mistake. He won the ball inside the area and played it uh, wide to Mohamed Salah, who scored the opening goal with a fine finish. That was Liverpool's first goal away from home in more than five games, which had been their worst run, actually, since uh, 1992. That's 28 years. Uh, and within two minutes, Liverpool had doubled their lead. It was a goal that came from Mohamed Salah keeping the ball up on the edge of the area. Good strength, and he laid it off to Jordan Henderson, and Henderson struck an absolutely fantastic first-time shot. Right foot curled into the top corner past the Brighton goalkeeper, Matthew Ryan. Uh, and to be honest, Liverpool should really have kicked on from them haven't been such a great position but to be, to give Brighton credit they regrouped they changed their formation slightly and with Liverpool's defence not quite uh, at its best they created quite a few chances Alisson had to make one good save before uh, just before the break Brighton scored a, a deserved goal uh, it came from down the right-hand flank where Nico Williams was making his debut for Liverpool at, at left-back, not right-back, which was unusual from Jurgen Klopp. And while Williams was, was pretty good going forward, he strolled a little bit, understandably, in, in an alien position for him on the uh, on the left side of defence. Uh, he'd been booked uh, and the Lamptey, the Brighton uh, full-back, the right-back, who'd had a, who had a very good game, certainly in the first half, he got at Williams a few times and it was from his cross that uh, Leandro Trossard scored a fantastic volley uh, past Allison, and that you know th- that made the game. That was a, f- a fair reflection on the first half. And Brighton did start the second half uh, the better team. Dan Burns uh, should have really made it two-two with a header at the far post that went beyond Allison, but he didn't really direct it properly, and it allowed Ginny Wijnaldum to to clear his lines. And from then on, Liverpool made a couple of substitutions. Fabinho was one who came on, and he, and so did Sadio Mane, and they they kind of. You know, wrestled the initiative back and they scored a third goal 14 minutes from time uh, for an unusual goal in fact because it was a, a header from Mohamed Salah which you, uh, he hasn't scored very many of them I think he'd only scored one before he arrived at Liverpool I think he did scored only four or five of his many goals that he scored for the Reds and that goal came from uh, a corner from the right from, from Andy Robertson who had replaced Williams at half time and he added a little bit of defensive strength I mean Liverpool by the end could have scored a few more uh, Mohamed Salah had a, an, another chance which was saved by Matthew Ryan and there was also he sent a free header over with practically the last touch of the game I think that would have been well it would have been good for obviously for Liverpool I think it would have been a little bit harsh on on Brighton who did contribute a lot but as I say when Liverpool made those changes as it was against Aston Villa it seemed to make a difference they uh, added a little bit of steel in midfield 
And uh, up front with with Mane, Firmino, I thought had a had a good game. Uh, but he was restored to the starting lineup. He played in a central position. He, he played well. So did Salah. I mentioned Keita, who although he went, off, he was one of those that went off on the hour. He he in the hour that he was playing, he showed exactly why. You know, he's been there for two years now, but why Liverpool pl- 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 paid so much money for him and why Jurgen Klopp has so much faith in him. I think um, over, he'd be very pleased with his performance. He's probably Liverpool's best player for the hour, although you'd have to say that given the fact that Salah got the two goals, he would perhaps just shade the Man of the Match award. Uh, a negative and a very big negative came from Jordan Henderson. He had a, a collision with about 10 minutes to go. We could hear it from the uh, press box at the back of the stand here at the Amex Stadium and didn't sound great. Uh, he was down for a while. He got up, he hobbled off, and I think he tried to come back on, but you know the substitution had to be made. James Milner came on for him, and Henderson, we believe, Jurgen Klopp said after the game, he said, didn't didn't seem good. And he, he's always a good you know, he believes in or he takes great stock in what how players feel when these kind of things happen. And Henderson didn't look happy when when he went off and by all accounts in the dressing room he's he's not particularly pleased, which doesn't augur well for uh, for his fitness because obviously in a very short space of time Liverpool have those four remaining games. This the season will be done uh, by the end of this month and there's every chance that the next season could start at the at the end of August and certainly by middle of September. So any any absence for Henderson, he'll have a scan on uh, Thursday back on, back on Merseyside will be a blow for Liverpool but other than that there were one or two players who perhaps didn't play quite at the best but you know Brighton made a very good game of it I think Liverpool deserved the win um, but overall just the Henderson injury has just perhaps taken the shine off what was a, a good night for Liverpool Ian Doyle giving us his verdict on the Reds' 30th Premier League win of the campaign. So the Reds on to 92 points tonight, closing in on that 100-point record. Let's now, though, hear what Jurgen Klopp made of his side's performance. He's been speaking with the media. How do you look on that that result? Is it job done, job well done? Yeah. Difficult game, good opponent, deserved win. Um job done job well done in big parts of the game but not in all but that's that's how it is um yeah we, i think we started really really well we finished really really well and in between we left the door a bit too wide open for for brighton but only because brighton was really good because they um, played really good football took some risk in the formation or maybe forced it but they took some risk and um so we have I mean, all balls we lost were not all but some of them were really um um threatening counter-attacks. So we had to block twice in the box and um, in the end we conceded a goal. I said, boys, my boys in halftime, um, it's a good game, both sides, but they deserve the goal. And then we have to adjust a few things um, and make a few things better and then um, they will not score again, probably. And um, we have a better chance to, to score more. Um, that was the situation. So we had to adjust a little bit in midfield, um, positioning of the wingers. But it's difficult. Yeah? You have to... Um, for their build-up, we had a specific setup, and that changed immediately in the moment when when they didn't build up. So, and that was uh, that didn't work always perfectly. It per- worked perfect for the two goals, but not in other moments. And so, that's it. Okay, it it means that you're on 92 points now with four Premier League matches to play. You're on course for a record points total. Just just how much of a motivation is that? What can I say? When I think about when I think about the next four opponents and and look at them and think we will we will get there twelve, ten, or whatever points, 
I, I, I never did that. I can't do that. We, we play against Burnley. Burnley is a, is a result machine, obviously. I couldn't respect more what they are doing. Uh, play the way, one against West Ham, come out to us and we'll fight with all they have. So that's what we have to do as well. After that, we play Arsenal in a really good moment. After that, we play against Chelsea in a really good moment. Fine. How could I assume we get all these points? So we, I think, from now on about the Burnley game. And when I think about 92 points, then I think, okay, how could we get 97 last year? It's unbelievable. And we play Champions League always in midweek. So that's unbelievable. And we needed in moments like, like last year against Newcastle, Heather Origi, last minute, stuff like this. That's how it is. But first and foremost, you have to fight for the three points. That's what we did tonight again. And I like that. I like that a lot um, because um, that's... Uh, the mother and the father of, of each win, that you really work hard for it. And the boys did that again. That's great. OK, Dominic, do you want to go next? Yeah. Hi, Jürgen. Um, just heard that um, Jordan's gone for a scan. It looked a really nasty um, moment when he collided with his knee. Is he, how serious is it? How serious the problem? I don't know. I don't know, honestly. Um, it, yeah. I didn't see the situation back um, on the pitch, but I know that it will not be nothing. Probably that's how it is, and uh, we have. But we have to wait, and um, that's, I cannot say more. Okay, is he is he on crutches or anything at the minute? Has he been? I don't know. I, I'm here in the press. I had press since the game is over, pretty much. I have no idea how he um, left the, the 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 dressing room. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Welcome. Okay, Darren, do you want to crack on? Yeah. Thank you. Hi, hi, Jürgen. Congratulations today. Can I just ask you about Brighton, please? There's two. Two very tough games you've had against them this season. Um, what are their strengths and uh, how did they cause you problems uh, tonight? Oh, you probably watch them much more often than me, and so, so you know more about their strength. But it's just a good football team. What Grandpa is doing here is just exceptional. Um, I told him before the game, I couldn't, I couldn't um, hold back. I, I, I wanted to tell him because I don't, I don't enjoy each analyzer, I would say, but this analyzer I enjoyed a lot because just the positioning is good, the way they play is good. Yes, um, we, we punished them tonight for what they did and they adapted them to um, a little bit. They had then a longer build-up, long balls to burn. That we were not immediately ready then for the second balls that was all enough. That's Premier League football. Eh? It's really, it's really cool. Um, but usually they do what they do and they are convinced about it. And I like that a lot. And um, even when we were tuning up, they still tried to create stuff like this. But in this moment, we could have closed the game, to be honest. But still, um, they play football. And, and, and I like that a lot. And they have to, um, how they, again, how Graham sets the team up is exceptional, I have to say. And in the situation they are, the, I, I like watching them. Um, and I, I know they will stay in the, in the Premier League, of course. And if they keep going like that, that will be a massive threat for a lot of teams, I'm sure. Okay, Tom, you're next. Hi, Jürgen. Uh, apparently, Mo's two goals means that between him and Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane, that's 250 goals across all competitions under you. Uh, first of all, their contribution, um, if you can sum it up. But also, obviously, Mo's now three goals behind Jamie Vardy for the Golden Boot. I know it's all about the team. How how it, how much is is that? A motivation for him is that the kind of thing he strives for is it all about the team when it comes to Mo Salah he's a, he's a striker how can it not be a, a motivation for him that's clear but uh, maybe he was in the last two years he won the golden boot last year he shared it with Mo and uh, I mean with Sadio and 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 um, Pierre um, with Ova 
And um, that, so that's always important. It's important for Sadio and all that stuff that's normal. But in the end, um, you only can can uh, can score goals when you perform well. And he did that tonight. And um, so that was that was really good. And apart from that, it's all fine. Um, I cannot. How I said, if you are too focused on goals, but they're not are, you're too focused on it, then you then you then you don't move enough that you can be in the right situations. But the goals we scored tonight, uh, they were really good, and we had a lot to move and to score the goals. So that's nice. Could have scored more. That's true. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much all. Thank you. Jürgen. And 250 goals, by the way, is really exceptional. So, uh, imagine where I would be if, they, if uh, these boys would not play for me. Wow. The situation minus 250 goals. <laughs> Great. Thank, thank you, Jürgen. Okay, James Pierce, and that will be the end of it. Thank you. Hi, Jürgen. Can I just ask you about Naby Keita's impact on that game tonight? He really set the tone from the start with his, his pressing. And in general, you must be delighted with the way he's come back since the restart. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. True. Tonight is just getting better, better, step by step, game by game. That's really cool. Absolutely. I'm really happy about that. And um, yeah, so um, long may it continue. Let me say it like this. Uh, just when the boys stay fit, then everything everything is fine. The quality they have, the way we play suits them. And, but tonight, winning these balls, being a player like Nabi, but winning these balls, come on. That's, um, I couldn't be, as a coach, as a, and as a, the coach I am, I could be happier about these kind of goals and everybody's involved in that. Um, yeah, I'm really grateful for <laughs> seeing things like this. Thank you. Welcome. Jurgen Klopp pleased then with plenty of elements of the red showing, including the performance of Naby Keita. Let's get straight into his showing then. And with the first of our post-game contributions tonight is Mark Baker. I don't think there's ever been any question that the player has, has ability. No question whatsoever. I think... Obviously, the player who has suffered with injury problems, struggles to get continual games in the Liverpool side. Liverpool obviously operating at such a high level and every game being crucial in terms of the Premier League and the Champions League. It makes it very difficult then for him to cement a place when coming back from injury. And at times, his levels haven't been of a consistency to, to merit that when he's had his opportunity. Other times, obviously, he's, he's played well and then unfortunately got muscle injuries and, and been forced out the side for, for another period of time. But he displays a lot of characteristics which you would want in, in an elite midfield player at the top level. So he's able to progress the ball from deeper areas, obviously travelling in short spaces. Connects very well with teammates, is able to circulate the ball, comfortable working in tight, tight areas. And when he is playing like he is to that tonight, he looks a real, real talent in the, in the Liverpool midfield. And I think the main problem that I've always had with the perception of Keita is this idea that he's going to be a difference maker in the final third, i.e. that when he comes into the side, supporters or the fan base are looking for him to create X number of chances, split defences with, with ingenuity and craft from that midfield that dissects a back line. For me, that isn't that isn't the kind of player I've mentioned this on on other podcasts before. The case it is, I think he is a player who, like I say, is very good at lending the ball to teammates, very good in circulation of the ball, and a player who will look really good in terms of statistics and metrics in terms of playing forward because one of his go-to player profile fundamentals is that he does play forward in terms of wall passes, so he'll very often connect with higher players to receive the ball back 
or in terms of lending the ball into one of the higher players and then going for the return pass. What he isn't, he isn't a player who necessarily is going to, you know, you, you've got a low block behind the ball and suddenly Cater's going to find, like he did against Aston Villa actually, was one of the, the rare occasions really in the games he's played for Liverpool where it was a really, really superb dissecting pass. He found the ball on the left-hand side of the penalty area. It was a mixed picture in terms of a lot of legs, a lot of bodies around him. And yet he could search out Manny and, and find that pass which opened the door, essentially being a skeleton key for the forwards in terms of finding moving targets. So I think the recalibration of, of considering what we're looking for from the player and then actually what's, what he produces on the field of play would help him an awful lot in terms of see, instead of seeing him as this player who, like I say, is a, is a difference-making and someone who's going to unpick a back line. Um, he can help in the attacking field because of the characteristics that I've said he has. However, that is not the attribute in terms of what you define him on. Again, for an example, you know, I mentioned before about progressing the ball from deeper areas. Well, that's very different to being able to isolate players or, or stand players up and, and beat them in a, a 1v1 dribble. Case is very good at travelling with the ball. However, what you're not going to see from him, you're not really going to see him drop a shoulder, eliminate a player, um, and then in terms of creating a goal scorer, an opportunity, or or going by a player in that manner. So again, just a, a recalibration of, of how you're really looking to judge him. But like I said before, there's no question he's a, a really talented player. And when he plays like this tonight, it makes you think to yourself, well, you know, you have to try and find a way to get him in the team. I think the fact that Liverpool and the manager have not done so um, is a, a reflection of all the things we talked about before. A, a culmination of, of non-availability, lack of rhythm, sometimes not performing when he's had the opportunity also. So I feel these last couple of games really important really really for him to, to get some kind of run in the side and show that he can be a first-choice player for Liverpool going forward now because obviously it's two years into him signing for Liverpool and you really feel that if he is going to be that kind of player that he does now have to start forcing his way in. Or, you know, obviously I caveat that, caveat that by saying that Liverpool's midfield is the one area of the team that just chops and changes throughout the season. However, when the big games come around and when Liverpool are looking for the the first choice 11, you'd always believe the case is not necessarily being in it. I mentioned um, in the, the previous podcast about the links to Thiago Alcantara and obviously I, I mentioned it's totally unfounded at the moment. But here's a player who displays a lot of the qualities that Cater has in terms of progressing the ball, good in tight areas, ball circulation. So it may even be, and like I say, you know, there's no evidence to suggest that Liverpool will make a move for Thiago. But maybe in terms of if there is a unique opportunity in the market to acquire a player who's such world-class quality, obviously Thiago combines that, them aspects that I've just talked about with Cater with that other ability of being able to find... Um, more disguised passes, passes over longer distances to really hurt the opposition. So whether the club look at that and just see that there's a unique opportunity in the market that they can't turn down, will Cater's performance, performances going forward within the next couple of games, and if he can really stamp his authority on on the Liverpool midfield and cement his, his place as a, a real first eleven option next season, may be really important to him and his future at the club, really, and the makeup of Liverpool's midfield.
Mark Baker reflecting on Naby Keita's performance tonight down in Brighton, his third start since Project Restart got underway, whilst he's been involved in all five matches since the restart. Plenty more to come here on postgame, but let's see now what's being said in the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Daniel Sykes says, well, that was enjoyable, but why was I so nervous? Yes, I want the record more than I thought. On Nico Williams' first Premier League start, Nathan Madsen says, this is no way a criticism of Williams, but the left-back backup is a real issue that Liverpool must address post-season, in my opinion. Are Lewis and LaRucci injured or just deemed not good enough? Jonathan Ho says, thoroughly entertaining game. Fair play to Brighton for having a go. Opened us up a number of times, which will be a concern, but knowing Klopp, he will work on this in the training ground. All-round good performance got the job done. Stephen Carey says, another game where we never got out of second gear. Great to see the team still winning and playing like they own the league. Warming up nicely for next season. Come on, you red men. And Sarah Downey Ruiz Velasco says, What an entertaining game. I never felt worried, despite it being 2-1 for so long. Hope Henderson's okay and it's not too serious. My dad and I were very impressed and happy with Cater. Mo with a great game, even if he could have scored more. You'll never walk alone. Well, more to come here on Post Game after this. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. So, Mohamed Salah now then onto 100 Premier League goal contributions for Liverpool. That's 73 goals and 27 assists for the Reds from just 104 games. Incredible when you think about it. Let's now, though, hear from some more of our regular contributors. Owen Thomas is to come shortly, but like Mark Baker earlier on, Steve Dawson wants to have his say on a number of individual showings tonight. Good game, though. I enjoyed it. Brighton, quite a quite a handy side um i hope they survive the drop it certainly looks as if they will now i've got one or two good players there um nico williams uh making his full debut i believe um had a good first 10 minutes didn't he and, I, and there i was saying wow we finally got someone who can be active cover for andy robertson and trent alexander arnold um you know, without without too significant a drop off, and he'll and he'll get better and better with time. And of course, he will. There's no question about that. But after the first ten minutes or so, he he was a bit exposed, wasn't he? And and that was a bit of a shame, but not entirely um, unexpected. Young lad, and um, they were a good side, Brighton. And I was very impressed with Lamptey, who I think is only 19 years old, and he gave Williams a, a lot of trouble. And yeah, after that first 10 minutes where I'm sure the adrenaline was high and he was very keen to impress and certainly did so, I think um, he got a bit exposed after that. And it probably wasn't um, the worst idea to bring him off at half time. I've, I've just listened to Jurgen Klopp's post-match interview. And again, as was the case with Gomez the other day, his reason for bringing him off was because he got a yellow card in the first half and for a, a young boy to go through the rest of the match without really believing that he can commit himself to a foul is uh, is a bit too much to ask. So, yeah, fully in support of him being withdrawn at half-time. It'll be a great learning experience for him. And as I said the other day, when Gomez was withdrawn at half-time, there's no better man than Jurgen Klopp to man-manage that situation, make sure that his 
confidence doesn't take a hit because I I still do think that he'll be in time and, and hopefully for long periods of next season, very good cover for the two fullbacks that we've got. Um, the other the other player who I thought impressed was Narby Cater, and I, I know I speak positive, positively about Narby an awful lot on this pod, but I, I really do think he's a, an exceptionally good player. He, he won the ball twice, uh, leading to Liverpool's first two goals and um, got the assist for one of them, but, but one possession in order to establish those goals. And he was, when he gets the ball, he, he runs between defenders. He, he makes them panic very lively, always makes himself available for the, the build-up play with our back four, wants the ball. And I just think he was a, a super player today. Um, and it's fine that he was withdrawn as well. I, I, I think and I hope that Jürgen will use him liberally between now and the end of the season. And he'll be in a good spot to to take up the reins when we begin the new season. Um, Oxlade-Chamberlain up front. I'm, I'm not really sure what his best position is. I, I'm sure he knows or thinks he knows what his best position is. I, I don't know what where that is. And uh, I, I think I preferred him in this game on the left up front than I than I did when he played on the right side of midfield the other day. Uh, it was a little bit more involved, but he's, he's struggling to make the kind of eye-opening impact that he made a few months ago when he went on a little run of scoring goals. Um, I think he I think he might be a little bit despondent, and I think when he gets that second break before the start of the new season... Uh, I think it'd be good for him to have a bit of a look at himself. Maybe maybe it'll be good if Jürgen can continue to play him, uh, give him plenty of minutes so that he can try and establish himself again because he's not quite hitting the mark uh, for me at the moment. Uh, what a great what a great game Mo Salah had. Uh, was really was really busy and um, looked looked really impish and sharp. The sharpest I think he's. He's been for a good long while. Got two goals. Really should have had a hat trick with that header at the end there. He had a chance a few minutes before, but I think that was that was quite tricky. It would have been impressive if, he, if he'd made that. But the goal he managed to score, uh, uh, sorry, the header that he managed to miss uh, in the, with the, with the last touch of the game was a bit of a shame because I really think he's he's focused on getting that golden boot, that top scorer award. You can see the personal disappointment at the end there, despite the fact that we come away with a good 3-1 win. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Hello, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Mohamed Salah has just turned 28 years old, and it's an unbelievable privilege to watch him play football. With eight shots, five on target, two goals and one assist, our man from Bas Yoon achieved more than many entire teams do over the course of a Premier League match. I loved the way Mo was shaking his head at the end, unhappy as he was not to be walking off with the match ball. What a winner, the Egyptian king. Long may he reign over us. This was far from vintage Liverpool, of course, but it wasn't bad either. Perhaps a bottle of decent house red. 
In the first half, the two quick goals we scored were very pleasing, but from there we had less and less control as we tried to play too much in small spaces without exploiting the bigger ones. Young Nico Williams reminded me of Richard Hancock in the Battle of Lacole Mills in that he was ridiculously outnumbered, but despite being hauled off at half-time as a precaution, I thought he defended admirably in an unfamiliar position. Nabby Cater looks tasty, doesn't he? He made two tackles, an interception, four key passes, and had an Excellent pass success rate of 86%. Some of those passes were spicy delicious. Manny and Robertson were superb off the bench as well, and we wrested control back from Brighton for much of the second half, uh, although kudos to Allison for some key saves in key moments, and in the end we cruised to our 30th win in 34 matches. Wow. No one's done that before, and this is Owen from Copon Podcast, willing them on, spurring them on, up the all-conquering Reds. Owen, and before him, Steve giving us their take on the 3-1 win down at Brighton, as the Reds keep their 23-point lead over Manchester City intact. Well, plenty of records still on the line, of course, for the Reds. The biggest point gap to second place, the most wins in a season, and of course, that points total that City set two years ago of 100 points. The Reds can still reach 104 But do Reds fans want those records? Well, Ross Strachan is going to have his say on that coming up shortly. But first, here's Matt Whitty with some key observations on the Reds' defensive showing. Another win for Liverpool and a victory that takes us to 92 points. After a really interesting game, I thought, and Brighton more than played their part in the game. They played uh, some really good football, passing it out from the back, constantly probing even after conceding two two early goals they uh, they kept to their kept to their passing style and kept probing probing away at us but uh, unfortunately it wasn't enough uh, despite them getting a a really tasty consolation goal as it as it turned out in the end and i thought that liverpool uh, started the game obviously really well with uh, with the press catching brighton uh, brighton out twice within the first 8 minutes and a lovely play by cater and i thought cater was had a really good game uh, he uh, he won the ball back, drove into the box and squared it. Really unselfish from Firmino to let it run to the better place Salah, who curled it into the into the corner to get get us off to the perfect start. And then of course it wasn't long before it was laid on, uh, laid off to Henderson at the edge of the area, who curled it beautifully. Um, wrong footing the goalkeeper, I think, who perhaps was expecting him to go the uh, to go to the other side. And yeah, and from that from that point we were never likely to to surrender the to surrender the lead or albeit Brighton kept on kept on going. I think one of the things about our that, that is talked about about the high line that we've adopted this season is how it enables us to press teams in into their own half and really sort of reinforces that from a a defensive shape if you like that it that, that, that really helps our attacking output and turnovers. But one of the bits that does seem to be a bit misunderstood is that obviously playing like that you're going to get a lot of um offside calls but but when when we do get those offside calls it's not because you know it's not fl- it's not a fluke it's not luck it's because it is literally what 
we are trying to do to the opposition from a defensive perspective. So I always find it a little bit frustrating when when you hear these sort of deci- uh, decisions about offside being being discussed or just caught offside when it is um, it is a it is a key point of uh, the way that we're that, that we're playing and, and training to do. Um, I thought uh, I was pleased for for Nico Williams. I thought uh, he had a decent uh, decent first half. Um, some nice nice touches. Lovely crossfield pass um, at one point where he switched it to Trent. So it's reminiscent of the the link up that um, Robertson and, and and Trent have had for for large parts of this season. And uh, a lovely block for him, a sliding block from um, from him as well during the during the first half. He was caught out of position uh, a, a couple of times, and uh, you could sort of see why he was uh, he was removed at half time uh, after picking up a picking up a yellow. And Robertson just picked up the uh, the brilliant relationship that he has with has with Manny uh, when uh, when Manny came on after him uh, towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the game. I thought all of the midfield were good today. I thought it was Cater's best performance in a while. And I thought Henderson had excellent drive from midfield, um, really covered well for Nico Williams as well, and showed a good turn of pace actually, which uh, which you, you don't particularly associate with with Henderson. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought he played played really well, and I thought that uh, GD1 Alden was was neat and tidy in in uh, in midfield as well. But I think the two uh, the two stars of the show were uh, Virgil Van Dijk at the back with just a ridiculous cushioned head of defence when he was the last man uh, and then turning away from uh, from the teenager to uh, to uh, to stride away with the ball comfortably and there was also a brilliant um a brilliant piece of defending when uh, when he ended up one on one i think it was called back for an offside and um van dijk made a, a great tackle running back into the into the area to uh, to pinch the ball um with uh, with tyler suggesting it might have been a penalty had the offside not been given but it looked like a really good tackle to me but uh, but what more can you say about Mo Salah? Two uh, two goals today, and you could see how disappointed he was not to get a, a hat trick after he scored the uh, after he missed the, uh, the the header on the uh, in, at the end of injury time. But just a brilliant uh, a brilliant performance from Mo, and he's just absolutely relentless um, in terms of his uh, in terms of his scoring, in terms of the uh, the chances he creates for others directly, and also his uh, his work rate and runs off the ball. That just caused defensive problems. So uh, yeah, really good, really good performance. Um, uh, really good result overall, and uh, yeah, good, good performance. Happy days. It's Ross from Witness with his thoughts on the Brighton v Liverpool game. Really enjoyable three-one victory. Um, the quest to set records for Liverpool continues. Um, yeah, one of the more enjoyable games we've seen since the um, resumption of the Premier League. Been a few stinkers out there. Liverpool have been involved in a couple of poor games, and a few of the ones I've watched have some of the other teams in some poor games. But that was a really nice open game. Some really good football. Obviously, the more quality from Liverpool, they, they started the game obviously really well. The two early goals, and you know from Salah, and the great great goal from Endo, which you absolutely love to see. You wish wish he'd score a few more Endo. And you're thinking this could be, you know, five, six, seven nil. This could be an absolute humiliation for Brighton, but they continually had a go, Brighton. And you've, like I say, you've just got to give them credit for that. It was a really open game from both sides. They kept coming at us, and yeah, they deserve to get the goalie. I think we went in two one at half time. They had a couple of good players there, you know the. the the lad, um, the young right back, Lamptey, 
very quick, looks a real threat going forward. A little bit naive defending wise, but you can expect that with these young young lads. And I think it was Trossard was he the one who got the goal, not too sure, but I thought he was good for them as well. But they they had they had the goal, they play the game in the right way. And you can yeah, they're gonna be in the Premier League next season. That they were they were safe. So it was probably a bit of pressure was off them. The titles wrapped up, pressure's off Liverpool, so I think both teams just, just went at it and yeah, it was like you say enjoyable to watch. Good to see Nico Williams getting his start. A little bit surprising that they played him on the left. Um not quite sure why they didn't just put him on the right and maybe put Arnold on the left as a slightly more experienced player, but yeah, he done well in parts, got taken off at half time obviously. Presumably because of the booking, he didn't want to risk it and getting sent off, knocking his confidence. He was caught out now and again. But very similar to the uh, the, the Brighton right back, he was going forward. You can see he's got all the ability. Going to get caught out now and again at the back, but that will all that will come with time. And um, who else can we mention? Yeah, Cater for his 60 minutes, one of the best I've seen him play probably. He seemed to be ev- popping up everywhere on the pitch. Really lively. That's only positive to see. You can see the lad's got all the skill, technically everything. It's just never really happened for him in the Liverpool shirt. And let's hope he can carry on now. That was, yeah, really good performance there. And of course, we've got to mention Salah. Two goals. Probably should have had a hat trick. Missed a couple of chances at the end. Header right at the end. Should have definitely scored. And you could see his disappointment there when he didn't get that hat trick. I don't. Have, I do think sometimes we take Salah for granted. Such, such a goal scorer, real world class player. Gets so many assists. I think we need to appreciate Salah a little bit more. What a player! What a winner! And yeah, I'm a real, real big fan of his, and it's, I, I love to see him score. And you know, he's, he is probably going for this Premier League game. Goal scoring record needs a couple more. I've got every chance now with the last few games. So yeah, all in all, enjoyable evening of football. Three one victory. I think that was was that our third game in six days, six or seven days. Busy period, obviously for every team involved in this and the records. Now we've got to be, we've got to probably be looking at this hundred points thing. It wasn't something that really interests me, but now we're on the. Was it four games to go? Let's get over hundred points. Let's 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 beat the city side. Let's beat all the records because this truly is one of the great sides. We want it to go down in the record books. I can't wait for us to get the trophy at the last home game. And it's yeah. Let's just enjoy the last few games. Champions, come on, Liverpool. Ross and Matt, our final contributors here on Post Game tonight. Remember, if you're not in the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group, do search for us. And once you're in the group, your views could very well feature with us here on the Post Game Podcast. Also, if you remember to rate, review, and share the pod by whatever means necessary, we would very much appreciate that too. Well, for more reaction on the win over Brighton, keep across the Liverpool Echo website and, of course, the Blood Red channel as well. Whether that's audio on demand through our podcast channels or whether that's via our YouTube channel, there's plenty of exciting content still to come your way. But from myself, Guy Clark, and the Post Game Podcast, thank you for your time and your company. It's bye for now. 
You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.